Welcome to episode three of Behind the Madness, created by Method. In this episode, a no-spam approach to lead generation using LinkedIn. Hello and welcome to our third episode. I'm James, the founder and owner of Method, a small but perfectly formed growth agency. And for the first time on this podcast, you don't have to listen to just my dulcet tones, but we have a guest. Firstly, thanks for all of the reviews and feedback so far. I'm surprised how well this podcast has been received, but please do help us by continuing to share, to like, to subscribe and leave those reviews as it really does make a difference. So, Without further ado, let me introduce our guest for today. I feel we need a drum roll for this part, but our guest is someone who we work closely with on a lot of projects, a marketing strategist who specializes with marketing around tech. So who better to have as our first guest on Behind the Madness? It's Mr. Philip Jones. Hi, Philip. How are you? And how was that for an introduction? That was fantastic. I, I think in the spirit of the uh, COVID, we're having a pretend virtual drum roll, which uh, suits me down to the ground. Yes. How are you finding life at the moment during the whole lockdown and COVID situation? Well, I'm slightly miffed because I've been working for home from home for years and using um, Skype and things to uh, connect with clients in Switzerland and America and places, people I've often not met face to face. And uh, the trouble is now the rest of the world has caught up on my little secret, which is it's actually really great not commuting and flying and um, connecting people remotely. So uh, Quite apart yeah, from all the looking after kids and stuff. Um, yeah, it's... That's the difference, isn't it? The looking after the kids, I think, makes it a lot harder. Um, but yeah, everybody's starting to cotton on to our, uh, our way of working. Yeah, but I don't think there'll be many of us retraining as primary school teachers. Uh, certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I haven't got the knack for it. I really don't have the knack for it. I mean, maybe it's easier when there are twenty-nine other of them in the room rather than just your own. Um, it's like, Daddy, can we look at? Just a minute, I'm on a call. It's, yes, but Daddy, <laughs> yes. yeah, different sense of priorities. And no doubt that will happen today. There'll be some, uh, probably one of us will have one child running in or another. I just spotted out the window that as well as a tree surgeon who is just a couple of houses down, removing large parts of a fir tree, our neighbour's garden has now got a guy with a strimmer in it. So I think we should get some really good sound effects at appropriate moments. Interesting as we go. Yeah, we'll have no need for added sound effects this week. Shall we jump on with today's topic? Why not? Why not? Right then. So let's let's get back to, uh, um, we were talking about LinkedIn the other day, weren't we? And um, that was what kind of triggered this uh, podcast. Yes. Yes. So we were having a conversation um, between the two of us kind of about uh, LinkedIn lead generation and how kind of the differences that, that you and I use it. Um, and we thought, do you know what? Perfect opportunity to kind of get together and, and get it on a podcast. Yeah. And I think that we're also seeing, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a lot of uh, cold emails coming in. I say cold rather than spammy because they're borderline. But uh, companies with these um, 100% guaranteed foolproof ways of generating tons of business through LinkedIn, tune into our podcast to hear this fantastic method. And you start digging a little bit deeper and they are actually very spammy and um I don't know about e-privacy. I'm sure there's a loophole that they're using, but that's definitely not what we're talking about today. You know, we, we, we're not into silver bullets and 
know, magic ways of achieving incredible results, just using tools in the, an appropriate way to well, build and nurture relationships with the kind of people who want to work with us. I think that's a really important first thing to, to give some context. Yes, I think I think as you said, the, the kind of the nurturing, the um, the being professional about it, but also being personal. The you know the the get a thousand leads through LinkedIn and all of those kind of emails that you were saying that we kind of get bombarded with aren't personal at all. They're not. They haven't done any any kind of research, any background on us as individuals, um, and you know there's been that mass. Um, sending out that mass mailer um, to to kind of everybody, and that's certainly, as you said, just not what we're not what we're talking about here. No, indeed, because I mean, LinkedIn is at the end of the day, it might look different to other platforms, but it is a social media platform, and it is about building relationships with people. And because LinkedIn is very, very business focused, you know, I, I remember seeing a few amusing hiccups in the early days when people didn't quite get that this is not a place for discussing family and kids and relationships. That aside, you know, LinkedIn has settled down to a place where you can find people who you share business interests with, who've got a skill set or business situation that might be mutually relevant, and you can strike up conversations. And I think you were referring earlier to how you're coping with lockdown. And it's like, well, face-to-face networking events can be quite challenging if the kind of people you work with aren't in the same town as you. LinkedIn can open up the whole world and you can build these working relationships with people. And so, for me, that's one of the things that makes LinkedIn really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's obviously, as you said, it's a social media platform that people have now got used to. It was always, it was always kind of advertised as um, the business kind of Facebook, and I find it a lot easier, certainly with what we do in terms of kind of getting the right qualified leads. The difference between Facebook and LinkedIn for us is that we get better qualified leads from LinkedIn. We get a lot more at probably probably a, maybe a cheaper rate through Facebook, but they're generally completely unqualified. We have to really filter out a lot of those leads. Whereas when it comes to LinkedIn, they are um, a, lot, a lot better, a lot more kind of qualified for us. So yeah, I think that that breaks it down quite nicely. Talking about kind of the approaches then on LinkedIn, what do people expect, um, and and kind of how do they, how how would you say it's acceptable to kind of approach people on LinkedIn? Yeah, that's that's something that's changed. I think over the years. I mean, in the early days, LinkedIn had messages saying only connect with someone if you know them well, and it was all about the idea of having a really tight network of people you trust uh, and have worked with previously in your career. That's completely gone out of the window now, and I think it's entirely acceptable to be sending connection requests or opening conversations with someone you've never met and may not have any connection with, other than you both have an interest in, I don't know, robotics or um, RF or something like that. And so I think that a cold approach to someone, when it's not just a sales approach, it's a genuine person-to-person dialogue, I I believe that's entirely appropriate. I'm certainly open to the right kind of approach. Um, And certainly if it's done respectfully and with an understanding that the response might be no response or it might be thanks but no. And just just like ordinary human relationships, um, I think that you can contact people cold, but there's an expectation that you use the term earlier research. You know, 
you need to have read someone's profile before you reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And if somebody responds to you saying, what was it in my profile that caught your attention? You need to be able to give a solid answer. Um, otherwise, it's pretty clear that you're just spamming them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's where, you know, it, the research doesn't have to be huge. It's, you know, after a while, you kind of get used to what you want to see. Um, and I think five, 10 minutes looking over somebody's profile and, mm. and understanding that they are, they could be a good fit, I think is, is probably the, the key here that you kind of understand through looking through that user's profile that there is a connection, there is a, syn- a synergy between you two. And and maybe there is a way that you can you feel that you can help them. Maybe they are doing something wrong or something different that, that you could see, um, you can help them get a better success. And that could be through the website, it could be um, through how they're marketing their own company. And I think if you come at it from that angle where you are there to help and you've done the research and you understand who they are and, and how they can help, then you're 90% well received yeah yeah i agree completely because i think there are two ways of approaching business you can either look at it as we're in business to make profit and sell stuff to as many people as possible or you can look at it as we're in business to help people and profit will be the natural consequence of a well-run business which helps people Uh, you might not know whether someone needs your help or what exactly they need in terms of help but I think you can have a certain humility when you approach someone and it's like, I, I really like the look of your business. It seems really interesting. I'd, I'd love to help you if I can. And and I think that's a, a very good place to start because if everything's in order in their business, if, you know, in our case, talking about marketing and creative and growth, you know, if they have got as much work as they can handle, well, no, they don't have a problem we can help with. And fine, it'll be a very short conversation. But we're not trying to flog something. So there's not going to be the friction of, do you want to buy what I've got, In however you dress that up. So yeah, I, and that's the big thing about social media. You, It's about people connecting. And in real life, we don't sell stuff at one another. Um, that's not how humans or human society works. So you need to extend that with LinkedIn. With with user kind of user experience, we're often trying to bring the real world um, into the digital world and trying to make those connections. For example, entering in your credit card details, you don't want to have a, a zero four when the uh, on your card it's written as April or or vice versa. It, it drives people insane because they're having to do the, the kind of that that quick calculation in their head. You want to see a credit card on the screen. You want to enter the details in as they're kind of shown on the on the credit card. And it's exactly the same with with how you talk to people and how you interact with people. If if that is done in the digital world, the same as you would if you met somebody in person, you get much better much better responses. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're very right there, and this is all about the risk of dehumanising your business. And some businesses are really driving um, operational efficiency. You know, like Amazon, they're not about it being a human experience. They make it as slick and smooth as possible. Um, but I, I think it's a real mistake to automate things too soon. You know, so with LinkedIn, I think these spammy approaches, they're not using fundamentally different techniques to what you and I would do and advocate and have been successful with. It's just that they're taking the human out of it. And I think you, know, you need tools, you need technologies and recording methods and ways of monitoring and triggering and responding. But uh, the human behind it is the important thing in all of this. And, and I think that's the big difference with the old versus the new. Um, people talk about interruption marketing. 
And that was very much, you know, like, um, I think it was sort of in the 80s or early 90s that um, list-based marketing and mail merge came along. And with some great examples of it done beautifully well and tons of examples of it being done badly. And it's kind of the same here. You know, we've got to look at what the tools are and we apply the right tools to our marketing strategy and the way we want to work with people rather than trying to force fit LinkedIn to our business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you touched on it a bit there with with kind of automation. Um, and, and can you kind of automate that lead generation with LinkedIn? And, you know, if we are, if we can, how can we do it? I think you, you kind of touched on it that, you know, there are ways of, of doing it and it's bringing it back to that human human kind of angle again. So for me, I found that um, I was talking about the old style marketing, you know, lists are a critical part of um, direct marketing and telesales, you know, whether telesales is done really badly or whether it's you know, using the phone as a way of extending a relationship. I think that when we talk about automation, I don't think either of us are talking about you know mass mail blasts, but we might well be talking about um, a system which will see that you've somebody you've spoken to, maybe they've, as a result of a conversation, you've emailed somebody and they've downloaded a paper. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, they come back to your website. Well, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to be ringing them up a month later and say, oh, I see you looked at my website again a month ago. You've missed the boat there. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So automation there is entirely appropriate to say, well, look, this person with whom I've got a new relationship forming, you know, we've exchanged emails, they've downloaded a paper, they liked it, they came back again. Why did they come back? And we can use technology to help us there to say it might be its automations if we've got a lot of volume. If you're the kind of business which you know has huge numbers of opportunities and deals, you probably do need to automate. So when someone comes back to your website, perhaps you do need to send an email to them automatically saying whatever's appropriate for the kind of uh, dialogues you have with them. Or it may be that it sends an email to one of your salespeople who will then realize that somebody's been on and find an excuse to ring them or whatever is appropriate for you. So there's lots of different types of automation and there are different platforms to do it. You need the one that's right for your business um, and that's right for your customers as well. You know, what you don't want to do is, um, I went to work with one client and they'd got frustrated with a marketing automation platform because they'd started by spending days and days working on complicated flows and responses and all the rest, but they hadn't actually got out there and had conversations with people. This was all theoretical. They put the cart before the horse. So they were giving up on the technology and it took about a year or more for them to come around to the idea that this technology could serve them, but in a different context. You know, So put the relationship first and the, te- the automation technologies, when something gets too cumbersome or if it's happening in the middle of your night, you know, if your clients are you know, in Australia, yet you're going to need some automation if you're going to respond straight away. Uh, and I think that's the critical thing. Yeah, I think there was a few good points there. One is the, obviously, the automation is a personal automation. It's not a mass automation. So it is very much required when, when that person needs it. Um, and it's taking that person through a journey, not hundreds of people through a journey that they could all go through. Mm-hmm. It's very much that person's journey. And coming at it from when you have a problem, I think is also a really good point that building workflows, if you think that's how it's going to work before you've actually discovered that is how it works, um, really, really helps. And and putting that person's journey um, 
into, into kind of that automation. So they can be handled and contacted at the right time. That's the right time for them. Um, yeah. really, really helps. Um, and that's how you get that, that automation to work. Um, and again, you know, the, the personalization, that kind of human element comes through, you know, you, mm. you, with those emails that are being triggered, it might be an email, but it will be triggered at the right time that it makes sense to that end user. So when we've all had them, we've had the great emails that come in and you're like, wow, that's really helpful. And it was, it was at the right time for me. And you've done something on the back of that email. Um, but it might just be a task. It might just be right. This user has been through this. They've done this. They've done that. We've sent them an email. Uh, now give them a buzz. Um, mm. And you've, you've kind of filtered them down, but they're ready for that call. And when you call them, you go, you know, hi, it's James from Method. Hi, it's Philip. And they'll go, oh, hi, how are you doing? And, and it's kind of this, they, they know who you are because you've had that personal touch and that personal interaction with them all the way through that journey. Um, and those calls, they're not cold calls. They're a, they're a warm call who you've researched, you understand where they are. And when you had those kind of conversations with people, we've, we've done a few this week. And you speak to these people after they've been through this journey and they want to share with you. They want to share their problems with you because you understand what they are mm -hmm. and you've shown that you understand and that you want to help. Um, and you can just say a few questions to them and they will talk. They will offload to you about all of the issues they are currently having, wanting that help from you. Um, and and it's, it's a great feeling when, when that all kind of comes together from that, from that automation. And it, that is, as you were saying, quite a long way from the kind of automation of just spamming messages out at people. And then if they happen to click a link, sending another email that follows. And then two weeks later, I notice you haven't responded to my email. I wonder why that is. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I think automation... <laughs> I mean, I can't remember whether you actually asked the question, can we use automation with LinkedIn? I think it was kind of implicit in the discussion, but um, there's a lot of things you can't automate. LinkedIn keeps a lot of other technologies out of their platform, but that doesn't mean that you can't have templates and workflows behind the scenes that you know is helping you as a human, as a salesperson or business owner to have a better, more flowing uh, relationship and a lead generation process where nothing falls through the gaps. Yeah, yeah, I agree. One thing that I know you use a lot, um, and I have, we've had discussions about this, is the premium membership within uh, yes. um, kind of LinkedIn. I, I turn it on and off, um, and I've never really... And then I guess it's just the way that I work over, over how maybe other people work. Um, but I've never, and I, I get it might be the way I'm using it, but I've never really found the premium membership apart from that free 30 days that I get. And I use it a lot. And then I never really see anything past that. So yeah, talk to me about how you, you, how you kind of get on with it. Okay. So, um, I'm a marketer, but I'm also a closet data geek. Um, so I, I do like lists and um, there's something in my brain that really likes the idea that we can put numbers and lists to the universe. So, um, so I've spent the last oh goodness, nearly 20 something years working in the technology sector. So although I can work with people in other businesses, um, I, I love working with technology sector. So the people I want to connect to on LinkedIn, I don't care where they are in within reason within the world, but you know, within the UK, if they have got a strong interest in technology, they're doing something innovative, um, something that's a bit difficult to understand, um, that's really hard to 
you can't buy a mailing list, you know, rewinding 20 years. You couldn't buy a mailing list that captured that. Um, and so what I find is that with LinkedIn, I, I need to research quite in a quite a detailed way the companies I want to work with. So I found that LinkedIn Premium is perfect for that because I can narrow down um, I can look at a city at a time, so it's a sensible driving distance you know, for once we do actually get out, have real message meetings with people. So I can narrow down, I can find sectors um, which look right. I can find people who've, for example, been working for a company with between 10 and 50 employees in the tech sector or in software development. I can um, get LinkedIn to tell me when new people appear who are you know, in a senior role within those type of companies. And so for me, I can then not just build a list, but I can dive into those companies. I can then click through to their websites and really get a strong feel for, do these look like the kind of people who I want to work with and who would likely benefit from what I can offer? So I find that the regular LinkedIn doesn't give me enough insight into the people and their companies. So LinkedIn Premium for me was a very necessary and really valuable step up. It saves me a huge amount of time. Um, for other people, if they can, if if you can find the insights you need, if you can find the people you're looking for with just the regular LinkedIn search, great. Um, I, I, I see the benefit when I have it, and and yeah, those those kind of insights are there. I always think. The way LinkedIn's LinkedIn is set up with their tools and the way they obviously you pay for the different types of the premium plans, I always feel that I'm missing out on some of the tools. Um, and the the part that you're kind of describing there about the searching, that's the, the bit that I really focused down on and and did enjoy. Um, uh, but then I never used any of the, was it in-mail yeah. that you can use all of the extra credits? And I never really used anything along those lines. It was really just that that researching part of it that I used. And I always felt that I'm I'm paying for something here that maybe I'm missing out on too many tools. But it sounds like you don't use too many of those either. No, I tend not to send many in-mails. I mean, it depends. Some people love to communicate within LinkedIn and things ping backwards and forwards. And you're having to do several extra clicks rather than just good old-fashioned email. But ultimately, I'm aiming to have a phone conversation with somebody because that's where you make that personal connection. Mm -hmm. And so I don't send a huge number of in-mails. I mean, certainly not the hundreds and hundreds that you're allowed to. So I suspect I could send enough in-mails just on the regular subscription. But I don't know. I think it's a bit like some of the marketing automation platforms that you and I have talked about in the past is that it's not whether it's expensive for the tools you're getting. It's it's a question of whether it's giving you a good return on investment. And for me, I find about, um, I've just been doing the analysis, um, you know, part of the lockdown fund of you know, where my business has come from and first year value of clients and all the rest. And so about half my business is coming from recommendations. The other half is coming pretty much from people who I have met on LinkedIn. And I was going to say found on LinkedIn, but it is more about meeting because um, you research them. Um, but that's not 
that's not the start of a relationship. The start of the relationship, I think, is when you actually meet on the phone and you hear their passion for what their business is about. And this is using passion in the genuine sense of the word, not the corporate. We are passionate about walking. <laughs> you know, this is somebody who just loves what they do. And they set up a business because they want to take this to the world, to make the world a better pace. And they're just so fired up about it. And it's like, how could I not enjoy helping them market this? And they're so frustrated that they can't do this, that, and the other. And it was like you were saying earlier, you, you've got to talk to somebody on the phone. Yeah. And LinkedIn is the way to find somebody who you're going to click with you hope. Yes. And then in mail is just a tool for saying, I like your profile. This is what I do. Is it worth a conversation? Yeah. And if, if they want to talk to you, if they've got a problem, they'll talk to you. You know, you don't need battering rams. Yeah. You know, it's just the world is too big to waste time on people who don't really want to hear from you. Yeah. So uh, no, the, the LinkedIn premium is all about finding the right people for me. Cool. I think that's, you know, we use the the kind of the email or LinkedIn communication sometimes when we've connected with somebody and there's kind of that, and we're not going to get into the whole GDPR issue mm. <laughs> which is at all but we often find that a nice way of doing it is is using those messages on linkedin where sometimes that 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 contact has got their personal email um listed down as their information and sometimes in those situations it's almost nice just to say look i've noticed that your personal emails here i'd love to drop you an email or a call is it okay to do it on this one or should i use your business email. And again, you're, you're taking that research and you're being human and you're asking the kind of the right questions, but again, getting them onto the phone. And I think, think this is kind of a nice summary really to everything we've said is, is be personal, um, be human. And, And when you speak to people on the phone, a lot of people are scared of getting on the phone to people because they think they're going to be turned down. Um, they think they're going to get a no, they think they're going to get kind of um, no interaction from that person. And if, if you don't do it that way, all you're doing is dragging out your, your time and your effort into somebody who's going to say no anyway, you're just putting off the no. So so jumping on the phone and kind of having that decision with them really, really quickly, you're going to get no quicker. Yeah. Or your, your, all of your, all of your worries and all of everything else is going to be put to one side and this person is going to be lovely and spend that time talking to you about the issues that they've got. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I think I think as we've both kind of said, be human, um, understand the value in understanding their needs and how you can help them, mm. um, and treating you know LinkedIn as that as you would in the real world, as if you were meeting somebody. Um, yeah, I think I think that that kind of sums up a lot of this for me. Yeah. And I also think that um, you're talking about the real world. I was thinking back 20 years when I was, uh, or not quite 20 years when I was just first went self-employed as a marketing consultant. And I went to some networking events and was very naive. And I remember sort of trying to push myself on people who might have been a prospective client in a very clumsy way. And clearly, they weren't impressed conversation didn't go anywhere, but life moves on, you live and learn. And I think it's the same with using something like LinkedIn, in that anyone who's starting to use LinkedIn for the first time, and even when you're not just using it for the first time, you're going to make mistakes. And But as long as you're human about it, um, then people will forgive you, life goes on, and you can get on to the next person, the next company. um, And yeah, it's it's just a great way of, as you're saying, warming up a lead, 
um, to use a very cold marketing salesy term, or to build a relationship with a person before you have to make a cold call. You know, you don't need to make cold calls. You don't need to be worried about calling if you've exchanged messages with someone on LinkedIn, which is saying, does this sound like something that would be useful to have a call about? You know, maybe just five minutes to see if there's anything we want to work on. So you don't, you can again take a lot of the fear out of sales. I mean, I see this a lot in the tech sector, is that somebody who's a brilliant technologist is very often not what they would see as a natural salesperson. In fact, they are. They're Mm -hmm. very good at it because then they're just human. Um, But take the fear out of it. So research the people and companies, build up a dialogue, be very open and honest about it. Do you want a conversation? Do you think we might be able to help you? And if they say no, fine. But if they say yes, well, great. Then you say, well, shall we have a quick chat on the phone? What could be more human and straightforward than that? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And and I think we touched on it a few times is don't, and from your early days of, of those face-to-face networking, don't push what you do. No. Find out how you can help. Um, and yeah, that's uh, we've kind of we've kind of led almost away from LinkedIn on how to take LinkedIn <laughs> and take LinkedIn's research into, into your big marketing plan. But that's great. That kind of, I think, connects all of the dots for somebody, how they can jump in, start mm. using LinkedIn and, and take it away from that into, into what next? Into, okay, I've got this lead. I've got this contact. How can I, how can I kind of exactly. interact with I mean, it's, it's very easy. And people like LinkedIn will teach you how to use their tools. So that's not the challenging bit. The challenging bit is working out where it fits in your overall strategy. And a lot of the people I work with, when I certainly when I start, don't have a marketing strategy. They don't, often don't have a written business strategy. But the point here is that you know you know what you need to achieve. It's worth thinking it through and apply the tool. LinkedIn is one of the tools you know, in the title of your podcast, you know, behind the madness. Um, LinkedIn is just one of the tools. Work out where it's going to fit in your strategy, where it's going to fit in the whole flow of sales. You know, it is just one part, one element. Uh, it will fit in. It will be right in some cases and not in others. And that's, I think, probably the biggest takeaway is um, understand how LinkedIn might work in your business. To explore it a little bit and then think about how it fits and make sure everything else is wrapped around it or that LinkedIn is inserted in the right kind of way in your business. Amazing. Philip, thank you so much for today. It's been really, really good. Well, yeah, it's been great talking to you. I was thinking this afternoon, will I be using LinkedIn? No, I think I'm going to be teaching a small person how to program using Scratch, which is arguably more fun, but possibly more frustration. So uh, either way, I think uh, we've uh, got a good end to the week. (laughs) Lovely. So that's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to Philip rather than just me and my dulcet tones. Again, please like, share, subscribe, send to all your friends as it really does help. And please continue sending the uh, the comments back. We've got a few more guests lined up over the next coming uh, weeks and months. So I'm looking forward to that as it's much easier to talk to somebody and bounce off somebody than it is to do this all by yourself. So keep an eye out for those and we'll be back soon. Take care. Bye for now.